a historic opportunity for Arizona basketball and some really good news for the team, the program, and we're going to make fun of the Big Ten a little bit. Let's get started. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. If you're an Arizona fan, you're watching this because, well, you're an Arizona fan. But today is a big day for Arizona basketball, Arizona athletics, a lot of different situations. But we got the NBA draft here. Now, I uh, I basically have been able to watch pretty much every game since about 92, 93. If you want me to be precise, it was the University of New Orleans game uh, with Chris Mills. And uh, they're going against the University of New Orleans with Irvin, not Magic Johnson. And so basically about 30 years, a little bit less. But going back and looking at it, I was stunned to see that with as many great teams, as as many great draft classes as the U of A's put together, whether that was the class where you had Mike Bibby going number two, Michael Dickerson going 14, Miles Simon going in the second round, or let's say Richard Jefferson going 13, Gilbert Arenas then goes into the second round. All kinds of years where you've had, mul- where you've had multiple first-round picks or right there. Arizona basketball, though, has never had a year where you've had three first-round picks which is just absolutely stunning, but Arizona's got a chance of breaking that today. Not a great chance, but certainly a chance. So we're going to break down exactly where everybody should go, where the best fits are, and then what it means. But let's get started right here. Ben Matherin will be going in the first round. There is absolutely no doubt about it. I'm excited. I love watching the NBA draft. I've actually convinced my mother to let me stay here one more day so that I can watch the NBA draft with her, mainly because it's an incredibly wholesome feeling. Mom's over there shaking her head right now, but you know what? She loves her son. She can live with it. So Ben Matherin, top five. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ben Matherin, top five. He's going in the top five. For the longest time, the national media tried to come up with super contrived narratives about trying to put somebody else in there. Generally, it's the usual suspects. We're going to try to pick somebody from the Big Ten and tell you that they're better than Ben Matherin. Well, you know what? The people that actually make the money, the NBA folks, said we're not doing this. Ben Matherin's going in the top five. So, again, the top three right now is pretty much set in stone in any order you want. Jabari Smith from Auburn's going number one, a pick that I wholeheartedly agree with. Then you've got Paolo Bancaro and uh, Chet Holmgren, um, a guy that ma- my mom asked a lot of uh, details about yesterday as to his pro potential, which I, you know, I told her uh, that he can play. He's definitely a boomer bust guy. But Ben Matherin, though, is either looking at the Sacramento Kings most likely at number four or looking at the Detroit Pistons at number five. I don't want him going to the Kings because as good as Matherin is, he's not a no-brainer type NBA player. Like when Mike Bibby went into the NBA, Mike Bibby could have played for the absolute worst franchise, which he did, the Vancouver Grizzlies, although the Clippers were right there. And 
he was still going to be a very good player. Mike Bibby was ready for the NBA his entire life. He had been groomed to play in the NBA. Matherin's a little bit of a different story, obviously. Top 50 kid, bounced around, played in Mexico a little bit, played in Canada. Obviously, he's played in the United States as well. But he needs to go to a franchise or at least a team that has a player that can help him out there, that can make his life a little bit easier. The Sacramento Kings have none of that. They are probably the worst franchise in the NBA, and you don't really have players that are going to be able to make Ben Matherin better out there. What I do worry about with Ben is getting lost in the shuffle because he's a talented scorer, but does he become a winning basketball player? And we're going to get to that in a second. The Detroit Pistons at number five, I'm totally cool with, mainly because it's not a good franchise, but at Cade Cunningham, you've got a next-level point guard who sees things, great vision. He's going to be able to make Ben's life easier for him out there. Plus, Cade's six foot six. They showed some improvement at the end of the year. Maybe you have a lineup where you got Cade Cunningham, Ben Matherin, Marvin Bagley, and you move on down the list. After that, though, and again, I don't see Ben Matherin getting out of this top five, but I do think that there are some other interesting fits in that top 10. The New Orleans Pelicans, they're not good, but in Willie Green, they have a very competent coach. They've got a solid front office now. And between Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, if he ever decides to play, you've got a multitude of players who are fringe all-star type guys. So you're not going in there and you're not, you don't have to be the own guy. So the Pelicans, I would be totally okay with. The new, uh, excuse me, the San Antonio Spurs are probably a pipe dream at this point. They pick ninth, and Ben is going before nine, but that's another franchise that I would have loved to have seen Matherin go to, mainly because they have a great track record of developing young players. It's a front, it's a front office that has a multitude of young guys, whether that's DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Josh Primo. You got four young guys that can all play. That could also be a little bit of a backfire because maybe that means there's not as many minutes for Ben, but the point's probably moot because he's not going to the Spurs. He won't be around. So ideally, the Pelicans would be this place where it's the highest pick, but it's also the soundest franchise. But I don't want him going for You can have Jaden Ivey at Ford, uh, Sacramento Kings. Choose a Big Ten guy. And then if Ben falls to five with the Pistons, I'm totally okay with that. Um I am glad, though, that the NBA scouts have started to figure out, though, that Ben is a next-level player because for the longest time, it was either Keegan Murray that was slotted into that fourth spot or that fifth spot, or it was Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin, or obviously now it's Jaden Ivey. Ben Matherin's better than all of those guys. Jaden Ivey is a great athlete, but he's an undersized two that was woefully inefficient at the point. With the way that Ben Matherin improved this past year, I think it's very difficult to make the case that he isn't the fourth best prospect in this entire class. That's what I stand by. That's what I sit by right there. So that's what we want for Ben Matherin. All right, Dalen Terry. I first saw Dalen Terry when he was a freshman at Corona del Sol. And was talking with his pops a little bit about this yesterday. I think the point that I was always worried about with Dalen was, would he be able to really become an offensive threat? Because everything else he has in spades. He's a great passer. He's a fantastic ball handler for his height. He's kind of your typical one and a half type in that he's not really a point guard handle, but it's a little bit better than a shooting guard handle somewhere in there. 
He's got a great build for basketball. He was, there are certain people that were born to play basketball. My athletic build was not born to play basketball. I willed it as long as I could, but you know what? The build wasn't there. I didn't have Dalen Terry's build. Dalen Terry has a very unique build and something that NBA scouts are salivating over and rightfully so. So the one thing you worry about with Dalen is the shooting and Dalen is an opportunistic shooter. The one thing that we I think we saw during his time at Arizona is that he could make plays at the end of games, three-point shots, but it always was – it always felt a little, you know, like he made it, he willed it in. Can he get to that next level? Can he become a very consistent three-point shooter? And, again, it's not like the shot's broken. It's not like he's Rajon Rondo entering the NBA where if you just hit the backboard, you get points. But I do think that he can be a 38, 39% shooter. The one thing though, that I don't really see, I don't envision him ever being a guy that on the wing catches the ball, can break his guy down, raise up, shoot, wherever the case may be. That's not going to really be his game. He's going to be more of a facilitator, a secondary type scorer, and a guy that's going to play lockdown defense and be a great locker room player as well. So just like we did with Ben, let's talk a little bit about where we see Dalen Terry falling in this draft right here. Now, the odds right now have Dalen Terry going somewhere before the 22nd pick. I concur with that. Um, the teams that you hear him most identified with are the Nuggets. I believe he worked out twice for the Nuggets. That's not a bad fit because Dalen Terry is a little bit different than Ben and that Dalen's probably not going to be able to come in and be a starter, be able to play starters minutes immediately. He's definitely going to take some time. But those are the kind of places, though, a Denver Nuggets where he can sit for a year or so, really work on his game. You've already got a Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. in front of you on the offensive side. And maybe by the time 23-24 rolls around, you become the rotation guy. The following year, you become a starter, something like that. But he's not going to play big-time minutes immediately. The nug At the Nuggets, he doesn't need to do that. The Spurs are another team. Get used to hearing the Spurs here because they have three first-round picks. And let's be honest here, it's one of the best franchises in the league. It's been down for a couple of years, but they have a great track record of developing players. And a guy like Dalen Terry would be absolutely fantastic for them. I think what you worry, though, is that logjam that we talked about with Ben Matherin as well, where you've got – Josh Primo, you've already got Dejounte Murray, you got Devin Vassell, and you've got Keldon Johnson. Those are where you worry a little bit. What exactly is uh, what his role going to be? But if the Spurs pick you, I have absolutely no doubt that they're going to be able to see your uh, your skills to their fruition. Now, one other team that I did want to throw in. Actually, you know what? Let's throw in two other teams here. You got the Miami Heat, another great franchise. Pat Riley's running the show there. They're always going to be one of the best teams in the league. He knows what he's doing. He's invested. He, they've drafted a lot of guys who have been mid-first-round picks that have turned into stars, whether that's Bam Adebayo, whether that's Tyler Hero. They've got a track record of making that work. Uh, I don't believe that Dalen's going to be there when they pick at 27, but that would obviously be a great landing spot, as would the Golden State Warriors with Steve Kerr. Now, Steve Kerr, obviously – uh, X U of A great um, has a uh, you know there's nothing wrong with having an affinity for some Arizona players which I think he does. Dalen Terry would be a great guy to build around there, but I think what worries a lot of people is 
He won't be there. Second of all, you already got Jonathan Kaminga. You've already got Moses Moody. You've got young players there that they're going to look to uh, incorporate into that role. So those are some other places that I think would be a nice landing spot. I just don't see that necessarily happening. All right. One thing, though, that I can tell you guys about is Built Bar. You look at Dalen Terry. You look at Christian Coloco. You look at Ben Matherin. And you say, man, these guys are big. These guys got strong. John Schuster first threw this rumor out there, and I'm not here to debunk it. I have no reason to believe the Built Bar wasn't part of the reason that these guys got big. Built Bar is fantastic. It tastes good. John Schuster, the pyramid of physical uh, uh, physical dynamicism. Sorry, I messed that up. Likes the blueberry. I like the blueberry as well. It's good. It goes good for a pre-workout. It goes good for a post-workout. Built Bar is where it's at. Check it out. Again, Built Bar will be right back with you. Now, let's talk about the mystery man in this entire class. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, Christian Coloco. All right. I was wrong on Christian Coloco. I didn't see Christian Coloco becoming a good, uh, a really good basketball player at Arizona. I was obviously wrong. I didn't, I thought his hands were uh, subpar. Uh, I liked his defensive potential, but it always seemed he was in foul trouble. But I also underestimated the Tommy gun right there. Sean Miller is very much a, all right, I'm going to put you into a specific spot and you're going to stay there and do as you're told. Tommy Lloyd comes in and he's totally different. Tommy Lloyd says, I'm going to not focus on your deficiencies. I'm going to focus on your strengths. And as we talked about uh, with Dalen Terry did that with Christian Coloco, he could tell that this guy can block shots. This guy can defend in space. We need to get him to the point where he stops fouling and we need to work on his hands so that he can become a rim running threat around the basket. And Tommy Lloyd turned all of those ones out to be true. When Lloyd said before the season that uh, he knows what good teams look like, he knows what good players look like, and he said that he thought Christian Coloco could compete for the defensive player of the year in the conference, he knew what he was talking about because guess what? That happened. So Coloco, though, at the next level, and again, take for what it's worth because I've been wrong on him, defensively he's going to be fine. He can block shots. He can defend in space. I always think to that UCLA game where – he was guarding Jaime Hawkins, you know, all conference, small forward, one possession, and then he's guarding a big, the next possession. He's got that position flexibility. What worries you though, is what's he going to do offensively? Cause I don't think he's ever going to be really a post threat. I don't think his coordination and his fluidity is quite there, but what does intrigue me though, is his ability to shoot the ball. Now everybody saw last year, the Instagram videos where he's shooting threes and he's making it look easy didn't really get to shoot those this year, but also he was able to he was able to showcase a little bit of a 15-foot shot. The form is pure and the so- the touch is soft. Um, I think that this is a guy that needs to go to the right team and basically redshirt for two years. Whereas uh, I think Dalen Terry's on the one-year plan about getting better. I think Coloco needs two years to where you really refine that offensive game. And then by the year 2024, 20, 25 rolls around, you got something to really work with there. That's where I think he would fit in very well. Now, I'd love to see him go at the end of the first round, mainly because that means you're going to a good franchise, and that goes means you're going to a place with guaranteed money. But most people have him going at the first part of the second round, and if you go the first part of the second round, 
you're dealing with teams like the Raptors, the Pacers, the Magic. Not that you can't be good right there. More so that you can get lost in the shuffle as what happens with bad teams and uh, players that go there. So we're going to keep you all up to date on that, obviously. This is obviously a very big deal for Arizona basketball as well. I want to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about what that means coming back here in just a moment. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, before we sign off here, we talked about at the beginning, Arizona three first round picks has never happened before. This would be an ideal situation for it to happen because it only reinforces the notion that Tommy Lloyd is a great coach, but he can also get you to where you want to get. And let's be honest here. Most kids' dreams are not playing college basketball. It's playing in the NBA. And Christian Collar, excuse me, and uh, all three of these guys, if they're first-round picks, that is a much easier recruiting pitch for Tommy Lloyd. He can say, listen, here's what I did at Gonzaga. That obviously speaks for itself. Now, at the University of Arizona, we had three first-round picks in my first year. I know how to develop players. Why don't you come and be part of that as well? Not that having two first-round picks would be the end of the world or anything. It's still a great thing to be able to recruit. But there's something about when you get that third one in there, especially in your first year. And as Lloyd's talked about before, it's easier to recruit now because you've got a year under your belt. It's not promises. It's not, hey, if you come here and do this, uh, we'll end up playing like this. Lloyd's got the tape. You've got the tape. You can watch how Arizona played last year, and you could tell that Arizona basketball is going to run a fast-paced style and that they're going to look to get out and run and outscore you. We've heard that before with Sean Miller. That obviously never happened. With Tommy Lloyd, it did happen, so there's no reason not to believe him. So if you can throw in the three first-round picks on top of what he already did, that just makes recruiting life easier for him. And on top of that, he is a uh, it's, it's an easy sell for him. And before we sign off here, I want to give a big shout out to Tommy Lloyd here. What he's done with Arizona basketball in the last year has been nothing short of astounding. Also need to give a shout out to Dave Hickey. I almost said big Dave Hickey right there. Sorry, Dave, if you're listening, Dave Hickey for having the foresight to be able to hire Tommy Lloyd because he wasn't a guy that was on a lot of uh, radars and he wasn't a player or he wasn't a coach that you know, had a track record of being a head coach. So there was a little bit of a risk. But in one short year, Tommy Lloyd has restored Arizona basketball to a top 10 program in the nation. He's putting guys into the NBA that previously weren't considered NBA prospects. And just as importantly, he's doing it with style. He's doing it with class. I was able to watch him last uh, this last weekend uh, up in Phoenix, and he's a joy to watch. He talks with everybody if, uh, you know, it's 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 natural small chummy talk he's also focusing in on players but there are certain rules in life that you know about treating people well and tommy lloyd certainly gets that he's a great ambassador for the u of a and i think he's a uh, the rightful heir to the throne that lute olson built here down here in the desert all right we're going to be back with you tomorrow we're going to be talking everything that broke down in the nba as far as where did ben matherin go again if you have a rooting interest in this, you I, I want him to go to the Pistons. Where did Dalen Terry go? Did he go above that 22nd pick right there, which uh, seems to be getting a lot of betting traction right there? And Christian Coloco, was he able to cap it off and pull the trifecta and be the third first-round draft pick right there? That's everything that we're going to be talking about. But this is an awesome day. Sit back and enjoy it because it's great to see a lot of these kids' dreams 
you know, reach fruition. And it's a great day to be an Arizona basketball fan. It's always been. We will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks so much. You have been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.